We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pitching Prospect Tiers 2.0 is our topic of conversation today on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Hope you'll join us. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. We are brought to you by WinBet. Clay Link here with rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. And as I mentioned, pitching prospect tiers 2.0, the topic of conversation today. Last week was the hitting prospect tiers 2.0. And now onto the pitchers. James, you were kind enough to break these guys into tiers and you included your player shares, which uh, are very important for us to know because we want to know who you're drafting. James, anything you want to say before we just dive into the article? No, man, this has been a, I mean, this has been a really uh, kind of like a week of a dead zone for me in terms of drafting. I've, I've resisted the urge to enter any more drafts. And then we've got like TGFBI and I've got my tout wars and labor drafts all starting within like three days of each other. So that's going to be busy. I'm really excited to see what you do in AL labor. First time there. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, Well-deserved. You've kind of been deserving of a spot in labor for like five plus years but glad you're finally in and uh you're gonna rep rotowire well i'm sure yeah i uh you know i'm doing like the raz slam but i and i also did like a mike the mouth fast dc um i can only do the fast dcs now i think because i just i don't have the patience james and plus i don't want to be sitting around like mad at some random dude i don't even know who it is just because they're taking a while to, to pick my most yeah. recent DC was a half hour clock DC. Nice. Those fast ones, you don't even get a half an hour. You get about 10 minutes before Mike right. Mouth is texting. Yeah, he's blowing you up. Yeah. Yeah. T- sending you tweets about how you're taking, or not tweets, but like GIFs about how you're taking forever. Well, James, let's get into pitching at Prospect Tears 2.0. You also, as you did last week, you included the, uh, the ADP within a pretty narrow range of January 18th to February 17th. So we have an idea where these guys are going uh, more recently. So thank you for that. Shane Boz in a tier all of his own, really. And you label this the please stay healthy tier. I think it's interesting that you've drafted him a couple times, even though you say yeah, you can't see more than 140 innings, even if everything goes well. 
healthy for for Shane Boz. Uh, but you're still, you know, not completely out, even if you don't expect more than 140 in a best case scenario. No, I mean, I, I kind of learned that was one thing I, I got a little wrong last year. Um, I mean, I, I think I still took pretty good pitchers in the areas where I would have maybe taken a guy that I wasn't expecting to throw a ton of innings. But uh, there's certainly a place for a guy who, if, if he can really help your ERA, your whip, and he's giving you pretty good strikeouts on a per inning basis. Um, I still think there's a, a place for buys. Uh, maybe depends what type of pitchers you've taken to that point. Uh, there's been multiple times where I've taken like Zach Gallon over Shane Boz because I just wanted the, the quantity that I think you're getting from Gallon. Um, even if I think Boz might beat Gallon in the ratios, um, but if you've already got a couple horses on your roster at that point and you're taking Boz as, a, as an SP3 maybe who um, is just going to really help you when he does pitch, uh, I think that that's, that's fine. So, um, I mean, he's, he's so good that I think even at 130, 140 innings, he could, he could return plenty of value. Yeah, and the Rays, I just have such a good deal of faith in them. I mean, they can't – they're not – uh, their hit rate for turning guys around or putting pitchers in their best position to succeed isn't a hundred percent. I mean, they couldn't turn around like Michael Walker last year. Uh, but I do generally trust them to do all they can to have their guys in the best position and to max out uh, their stuff and max out performance. I think I alluded to it last week, but when you had Jeff Ponce of baseball America on the, the pod a couple weeks ago, he put some Garrett Cole comps on Boz, didn't he? You want to? Uh, well, I think he just. I think he was talking about um, specific. Yeah, pitches. if you just if you just are comparing the individual pitches, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, I think with the fastball and with the changeup, um, specifically, if I if I recall. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean that that checks out. Like it, all you have to do is just watch, just watch Boz pitch, and it's very clear that he has the type of elite upside that you you're looking for um i mean i think it's very like i I don't know which pitcher um you would maybe do the cutoff at maybe if you're talking about like a like a fully healthy verlander maybe like dylan cease but you there's a point like in the 80s or 90s or so where boz clearly has the best stuff of any pitcher left on the board and then so you're just kind of weighing um that versus the innings you're going to get from him who do you like more for redraft, Boz or McClanahan? Is it Boz for you? Boz, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like McClanahan too, but I, I'm probably with you. The projections, as you'd expect, all over the map with Boz's innings. Um, and it, and, you, a better and I've said this, I think I said this in his outlook, um, like it's not a 100% lock that he even opens the year in the big league rotation. Um, you know, who knows what they're – schedule is going to look like the first like few weeks but if they're able to send him to triple a and go with like a four or four and a half man rotation for a couple weeks that could be a very legitimate way to manage his innings on the season so if you're taking boz just know he might not be someone you're plugging in that very first week but like you, you know that you're going to get those 130, 140 innings at some point throughout the season as long as he stays healthy. 
Now, the next tier, Universal Appeal. These are the guys who, along with Boz, you feel like should be getting drafted in your standard mixed league. I think it's interesting, though. You kind of highlight that as, as much as you like Ashby, Aaron Ashby, and Reed Detmers, there are questions as to whether Ashby will even be a part of the rotation, whether uh, Detmers will be part of the rotation out of camp. Uh, Joe Ryan, the other guy in this tier, doesn't really have those questions. He said he should be pitching in the big league rotation all season, but he seems like the one guy in this group of three that you're out on, even though he has the less yeah, uh, the I mean, I, questions. When it comes yeah, to I think he has the worst stuff of the three uh, pretty, pretty clearly to me. Um, and so at that range where he go and like he's getting drafted way higher than the other ones. Uh, his ADP is 211, Ashby's 269, Detmer's 409. So you're paying the most um, because of that sort of certainty with the, the role. But where he goes, there's also guys who don't have questions about their role who I just like more. So uh, I just don't think he's a value where he's going. Um, but like I think Ashby's got the upside to be worth where he's going. Uh, but I really, really like Detmers where he's going. I think that that one's the, the big time value, uh, in this tier. Yeah. It looks like you're all over Reed Detmers six out of seven. So high exposure right there with Reed Detmers. Um, we'll get back to him in a second, but Aaron Ashby, you mentioned that he's kind of on the short list of guys who could, you know, have a Trevor Rogers type season. You don't expect anybody to really have that, but maybe it's Ashby. Um, I really do like the stuff possibility of uh, him spending time in the bullpen, but it, you know, the, the uh, Brewers are kind of in that mix where they're kind of like the, the NL Rays where I just, you know, Ashby, Eric Lauer, I want a lot of that, that team and especially that rotation. Yeah. I mean, if you go back to last year, um, very, very rarely did even Woodruff or Burns start on normal rest. Uh, they were using, whenever they could, they were using a six-man rotation to give those guys an extra day in between starts. Now, of course, that's coming off of the 2020 season. So they may you know, go a little bit further with those guys and not worry about them starting on normal rest in most of their starts this year. But uh, the Brewers, I think their whole focus uh, this season is keeping Burns and Woodruff and Peralta as fresh as possible for the postseason because that's that's their ticket to, to doing damage and like going to the World Series and riding that rotation. So um, it's not the idea of them going with a six man rotation for a good chunk of the season is not crazy to me. And I think Ashby is just flat out better than. Adrian Hauser, um, you know, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Eric Lauer, even though I do really like Lauer, uh, especially at his price. Um, yeah, I've been drafting but, him quite a bit. Yeah, I think I, I don't see a scenario where like Ashby is a bust because he just throws like 80 innings as like a two inning reliever um, all season. Like it, I just don't see that as how they use him. Um, I could see him being frustrating, though, because I could see there being weeks where you're just not sure if Ashby's going to get a start when lineups lock on Monday. Um, so I, I think there are reasons to be a little um, hesitant with the the projected role. But um, people, I think people are sleeping a little too much on his upside. 
Like he really has a big time ceiling. Um, so that's, that's the appeal with him. And Lauer, not a prospect and doesn't have that kind of ceiling, but you wrote his outlook for the site, right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because a lot of those guys who come on strong, you know, there's that recency bias at the end of the year and they're maybe a little overpriced as you say in the outlook for the site. Uh, if you didn't have him on your team last year, you probably missed it, how good Lauer was. And it just does, doesn't seem like the general public, general drafting public is really, really pricing in what we saw. I mean, two, two, three ERA, even one whip, 76 strikeouts over his final 80 and two thirds innings. Pretty yeah. And, hard. you know, you can point out like there were some, um, some of those starts I think were against like the Pirates. Um, so like you could say like you know he's not going to be that good uh, over a full season because I think he he did get some pretty favorable matchups over that stretch. But um, you can also just see in his pitch usage um, he threw um, five pitches uh, over ten percent of the time last season, um, but he increased his slider and curveball usage during that run where he. Uh, was very successful. So I think you can kind of point to that. Like it's, he's not a guy where you want him just throwing his fastball a ton. Um, Mm -hmm. You really want him to lead on his off speed stuff. And the more he did that last season, the more success he had. Yeah. That the kind of arsenal change, the pitch mix tweak, something you can at least hang your hat on and feel good. Plus, you know, really going on a limb here, but the NL centrals kind of like the new AL central. I mean, (laughs) just so many bad offenses to pick on. The oh Reds, man, it's, uh, Pirates and Cubs. I, yeah, I mentioned this on the uh, I think the, the podcast last night when we were talking about uh, labor mixed. Um, even with the DH coming, the NL Central is where you want to be as a starting pitcher. Yeah, I mean, even the Cardinals don't really scare you that much, and so yeah, that's really for Brewers pitchers and in the division. That's you know all four matchups you feel pretty good about. Um, so yeah. I, I've been, you know, I'm not a Brewers guy here living in Wisconsin, but I'm going to be all over that team in fantasy this year. And you say the Brewers maybe go in six-man rotation. The Angels have already confirmed that they're going six-man. They guaranteed uh, Michael Lorenzen a spot when he signed. So, you know, Reed Detmers, you're probably not getting many two-star weeks, but I think maybe that's something I have in my head where it's like, eh, that's a knock against the guy, but Really, your projected two-star guys only end up making those second starts about, you know, 50, 60% of the time. And maybe that's not such a big drawback, especially if you're getting high-quality performance every time out from Reed Detmers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just really all about the price with him. Like, if, if Detmers was getting drafted where Ashby is getting drafted, I'm, I would have zero shares, right? So it's just it's the fact that you can get him after pick 350 and he could be a guy that you're just leaving in your uh, lineup in 15 teamers uh, for most of the season. Like I think he's good enough to be that type of guy. So it's just, it's all about the price of Detmers. Totally random, but you know who a guy I picked up in that fast DC that I'm going to be all over now? Um, Because I just didn't realize exactly how dominant he was. Jonathan Loisega. Oh yeah. I feel like he's a guy in 15 teamers. You're just going to leave B and just yeah, get, get some wins, got a some couple, saves. Great got a couple of Louisa shares as well. Um, 
99th percentile chase rate and just elite expected outcomes. He's always had that sort of injury tag. I mean, that's that's why he never made it as a starter. Uh, yeah. But he was healthy, I believe, pretty much all last season. So, um, yeah, when he's when he's healthy, he's going to be great. Yeah, I was profiling him, and I was just like, wow, I didn't realize. I mean, he's averaging 98, tons of whiffs, really good stuff. So uh, not the most fantasy-friendly role out of the gate in traditional leagues for Loisaga, but I do. I'm going to make it a priority to draft him, probably just leave him be in a spot all season in an active spot in a 15-teamer. Well, let's get into these priority follows during spring training. This is the next grouping. And you texted me. I appreciate this, too, uh, during the first pitch Arizona speakers draft to, to grab Cody Morris. Take a late shot at Cody Morris. You've done so in three out of your seven leagues. I actually missed him. Um, I assumed I had more time, and then I did the, the search in the room, and he was already long gone. But I did grab him in the, the subsequent draft I did. So yeah, he sounds like a, a sleeper that more people need to, to mark down and, and be aware of. Did you get him in the the fast DC? That's yeah. that's actually the that's the one I was trying to get you to. Take. Oh, nice! Yeah, I got him in that one. So thank you. Yeah, I also I, got I, uh, Mitch White in that one after missing him in the first pitch. Uh, I don't care. I don't really care um, whether you take down the speaker's draft or not, but I really do want you to take down Mike the Mouth in that uh, <laughs> that fast DC. Well, I should with um, Mitch White and Cody Morris in tow. Um, yeah, I mean, Cody what, Morris, what did you think about like, Cody Morris? So I, I think I texted you yet uh, after I wrote his outlook. Uh, and then you said I've got him in three of seven leagues. I've got him in my last two leagues. So I was only one for five, and then I, I went two for two uh, from then on. He just became a guy where I uh, just pushed him um, far enough past ADP where I just I knew I was going to get him uh, just to make sure. Um, and uh, he's – you know, of all the prospects on my top 400, he's the guy that I know is going to be the biggest riser on the next update. I'll, I'll probably do one more update uh, before, like right before the, the start of the season uh, after spring training. And uh, Cody Morris will probably be a borderline top 50 prospect at that point. Um, just really, really, really good stuff. And uh, he's kind of like, he's just a massive, massive, breakout candidate sleeper whatever you want to call him just kind of hiding in plain sight like his his numbers last year were out of this world and his curveball and changeup and fastball are just monster monster pitches uh all three of them and uh i just you know he's kind of a skills over role type of guy because obviously you look at that cleveland uh rotation and you know, if everyone's healthy, uh, I think Cody Morris opens at AAA. But, I mean, you got Bieber uh, coming back from the shoulder thing. Uh, I feel like Tristan McKenzie is always an injury risk. Um, I, I'm i not done with Eli Morgan as a starter, but I could see Cleveland just giving him a, a long relief roll uh, out of the gate. So not too many guys would need to get hurt uh, for Morris to be the next man up. And, you know, I think he's just so talented that he will be in that rotation sooner than later, one way or another. Uh, he is on the 40-man roster. Um, he pitched a AAA last year. So uh, it's a matter of if 
not when or when, not if uh, Morris joins that rotation. Wow, that's pretty exciting stuff on Cody Morris. And yeah, usually with these guys who have that kind of upside, you know, even if there's not an obvious path, they're going 400, 450. You know, here that he's going outside the top 550. So yeah, like one of the best pitching prospects in the game, just freely available I, late. I, I just don't, I almost throw that ADP out though with him. Um, like it's just especially now that you've put the word out, you've put the bat signal. Well, well yeah, I mean, it's and it's not just me. Like I texted DVR uh, the other day. Like I was kind of annoyed that he's pumping Morris up too. Like before you know it, the price is just going to be like Morris is going to be going right by Reed Detmers pretty soon. Um, so just don't don't focus in on that ADP. Like yeah, don't expect them to be there. Yeah, still. whenever you want to grab them, just grab them. Um, put them in I, your I queue think, and yeah. Go grab him when, when there's nobody else who really jumps out. That's a good call. Well, we'll continue on with this tier of priority follows during spring training whenever we get spring training. But first, we'll take a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are back on the Rotowire Prospect podcast brought to you by WinBet. Clay Link here with James Anderson. James, we're on to the Reds. I want to go down to the last player listed here. Raver San Martin. I guess Raver. Raver. You gotta roll the R, I guess, so it's properly pronounced. Uh just a really interesting guy in that I, I didn't really see enough of my O2 eyes to have much of a 
a take on him. The stuff doesn't like light up the radar gun, but a 2.9% barrel rate. Um, just not a guy, you know, he's 25. I didn't really know much about him coming up, but it seems like he's a, a pretty legit arm that we need to be taking seriously, at least uh, in the later portions of drafts. Yeah. I mean, I think I've had more uh, conversations like off air with people about San Martin than almost any pitching prospect this offseason. Like, it's just, he's a guy that, uh, like, I, I've talked with Dylan White of Prospects Live about San Martin a little bit, uh, San Martin, um, my buddy Brick, so I'm in a couple of dynasty leagues with. We, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, he's just, he's this fascinating uh, pitching prospect because he only averages 89 and a half miles per hour on his four-seamer. Uh, so that, it, it's very easy to just see that right away and kind of write him off, right? Because, like, how many other pitchers are you taking uh, that average less than 90 miles an hour on the fastball? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, kind of a Marco Gonzalez, like Ryan Yarbrough zone. Um, there just – there aren't that many guys that, that you're taking or that throw that that slow. But uh, he really is deceptive. Um, you can – you can see that pretty easily just when you watch him and his four seamer has just crazy horizontal break. Um, very tough to pick up and his slider and changeup are both really good secondary offerings. So uh, I think I ranked San Martin too low on that last prospect update as well. Uh, like I'm not going to hang my hat on him being good. Uh, velocity is still a very important um, part of pitching and he doesn't really have it, but he's got a lot of other stuff working for him. And of the Reds pitchers in this tier, uh, I think he's the best bet to have a rotation spot out of spring training. Uh, obviously Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, uh, more well-known prospects, better long-term prospects. But I think San Martin um, seems like a pretty good bet to be in that rotation if he stays healthy. And you know that fastball, even with that kind of middling velocity, in a small sample last year at the big league level, but zero hits allowed on 51 four-seam fastballs thrown, willing to uh, throw it as a put-away pitch. So, yeah, it's kind of, even though it is a small sample, crazy to see his fastball have that kind of success. Um, It it runs runs right across, like, the the horizontal movement, like I said, it's... um, you don't see it on many fastballs. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you just watch him, it's easy to see why guys have trouble, uh, even at that velocity. Yeah, he threw four pitches roughly 20% of the time last year. The changeup and the sinker were knocked around pretty good. Again, it's only like a couple starts, but, um, yeah, the, the quality of that fastball, even if it's not the, the fastest pitch, should set him up pretty well to uh, – at least, you know, have a, a little run as a starter. Hopefully he can pick on those teams in the NL Central, as we talked about earlier. So uh, Hunter Green, obviously kind of on the opposite end in that he's like a big-time prospect. He was on the cover of SI when he was a teenager before he got drafted and really took a step forward last year. I'm a little surprised he's not going higher, and uh, you're not really all over him, one out of seven leagues, but – um it does seem like the price is about right uh, outside the top 400. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think he is. I mean, the reason I don't have him uh, in, in more than one league is because of the price. Uh, I think like Lodolo and San Martin are just as good a bets this year, mm-hmm. and they're going like 80 picks later. I think Green's the best bet long term. Uh, but I think the other two are closer to finished products uh, when you factor in uh, Green's third pitch. Green's probably got the worst command of those three. Um, so I just – I think you're – I think his name value is doing a lot of the work here with the ADP, uh, his prospect ranking. Um, and, like, I, like I have zero – uh, shares of Rowancy Contreras as well with the Pirates, who actually like a, a ton, uh, but that's kind of about the price as well. Like these two guys are basically going kind of where Reed Detmers was going at least a couple weeks ago. That was the case. So um, I just wasn't going after those guys. Uh, like I, I would take Mitch White over Green and Contreras. Um, so it's just it's the other guys going around there um, that's led me to sort of be out on those two. I hear you, but let me tell you why I think um, Green's a decent cost at that ADP. I think the Reds are going to trade it. Probably Sonny and maybe one other guy. I know the Blue Jays were sniffing around on Tyler Malley. We could maybe make something work uh, between those clubs, but I do think there'll there'll be uh, at least a starter to clear it out there. Are you? uh, I mean, I I I agree with you. I'm just. I kind of don't know whether. Yeah, we don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know why we're favoring Green over Lodolo. I guess for this season. Um, you did but, note that Lodolo had some shoulder and blister issues though at the end of last year. Yeah, and everything I've heard uh, secondhand is that he's just com- completely over those, and it was more about the blister than the shoulder. Hmm. Um, you don't want to like just take that at, at like, oh, he's definitely going to be healthy. Um, but I. You know, if we're just comparing like health risk, Green and Lodolo, even with Lodolo being the one who was most recently injured, I'd say it's about the same. Um, but I did, I did want to ask you, uh, like, I know that you're you're about as diehard of a fan as as I know. Like, you you watch Reds games um, even when things are pretty bad late in the season. Uh, are you hoping that they uh, kind of tear it down and, and trade those guys? No, I mean Sonny can probably go. I think. It's the last year of his deal, but um, no, I, I hope they try. I just know that they're realigning payroll with uh, resources, and it seems like they kind of – there's been a lot of rumors about moving maybe Castillo or, or Sonny, so it just seems like things are leaning that way for the club. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I have no idea. It's It's unwise to kind of bake that in when you're looking at guys, but I do feel like there'll, there'll be a clearer avenue for, for some of these starters in that system. Uh, now you mentioned for the pirates, you're not really on Contreras, but Miguel, Yahure, you know, he's going so late that one of those last picks in your DC, you willing to throw a, throw a dart at Miguel, Yahure. Yeah, that's, that's where I've been getting him is just kind of in the, the end game of draft champions. Um, you know, he's, Probably not uh, very good, uh, but I think he could win a rotation spot in spring training. And he throws a bunch of pitches. Uh, he's got a really sort of 
thin margin for error. Uh, he's only averaging 91 miles an hour on his fastball. Uh, needs to be commanding his pitches to have success. But he has, like, it hasn't just been all bad for him in the majors, uh, Yahure. Um, he has had some runs of success uh, and some runs of success at AAA. And it's really just kind of all about that opportunity. Like, I think the, the Pirates are going to give tons of guys a shot in that rotation throughout the season. So um, he recently dealt with a back injury. You know, I, like, I I'd rather take like Bryce Wilson over him in that rotation, but it's, it's really just about the fact that you can get him in the absolute end game. And then for the Yankees, I mentioned, I like Jonathan Loisega. He's not like totally free though. You have to, at least, you know, in those DCs, you have to spend like a mid round pick on him. Luis Heal going later. And at least with Luis Heal, you, you have a starting pitcher. Um, some success last year too. The whip was a little high, but um, there'll probably be some opportunities to deploy Luis Heal here and there throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's a specific type of pitcher. Uh, still some bullpen risk long term. Um, he's almost exclusively fastball slider. But there are guys like that is not a just you're not a starter anymore. Kind of cut and dry thing that it used to be like 10 years ago. Yeah, um, we've seen teams give guys who are who are mostly two pitch guys, especially when it's the fastball and the slider, and they're that good. Uh, we've seen guys have success with that type of mix as starters, uh, even if it's just kind of as a as a five and dive starter. Uh, I like everything about heel that he does well. Like I love his composure. I love those two pitches. Um, I think he's he's athletic enough that I think he's going to throw enough strikes. So um, he will get some shots throughout the year. I do not expect him to open the year in the rotation, but um, just I think he's he's getting slept on a little bit. What can you tell us about Matt Brash of the uh, Seattle Mariners? Looks like a pretty darn good run at Double A Arkansas last year, but you putting much stock into that? Yeah, uh, I thought. The combo that Jeff and I had uh, a couple weeks ago about Brash, um, yeah, he was he was kind of all over um, those Mariners guys, Kirby, Brash, and Williamson in that combo because he had just talked to uh, one of their minor league pitching coaches. And uh, Brash's breaking ball, uh, Jeff called it a curveball in his article. Uh, I know most scouts would tell you it looks like a slider. Um, but – whatever you want to call his breaking ball, it's one of the best breaking balls in all of pro ball, uh, not just the minors. Um, and so he's another guy where it's, it's mostly fastball uh, breaking ball with him. Although he, he has um, done a little bit with his changeup, but it, it sort of sounds like he's the first Mariners pitching prospect who's going to get a look in that rotation this year. And the strikeout upside is is pretty extreme with him. Uh, there there's still a little bit of reliever risk, uh, just in terms of the command. Um, but I think he's going to get a couple years to to show that he can start. And at the range he's going, like almost outside the top six hundred, I think it's well worth it. Now, in the draft I was doing recently, Jack Leiter went in one of the late rounds. I was kind of surprised. You don't have him in this tier, nor do you have him in the fab events tier that we'll get to. Sounds like you'd probably rather, you know, go take a shot on Cole Wynn in that system. 
yeah, I just have no confidence Slider's going to be up this year. Um, he might be, but I just think you're you're really just drafting uh, name value and hype. Uh, like I know some people have ranked as like a top five pitching prospect in the game. Uh, I just I can't do that. A guy that hasn't even pitched in games. Like there's so many good pitching prospects out there. Um, I think he's got a bright future if he stays healthy. But like Cole Wynn might have three plus pitches and he got to triple a last year and the Rangers have maybe the worst rotation in baseball. Uh, maybe, maybe not worse than the, the pirates, but I mean, it's, it's really bad. So uh, he's going to get they a spend shot. all that money too. They want to, I mean, they want to compete right away. Well, I mean, they're it's not going to happen, but they it's want delusional, to. whatever they're doing. I mean, they're not going to compete this year, um, <laughs> but like wins going to get, opportunities is is the point and his adp when i wrote this article was 654 i got him in four out of seven leagues um you know he's not even he's not a guy that i'm like oh man i can't wait to to start him like i I probably won't even start him in his debut in my draft and hold leagues because i want to see how he does against big leaguers but uh the stuff is good the opportunity is clearly there um i just think he's a a really nice draft and hold target the the larger body of work you mentioned, he got to AAA, but the the nineteen starts at AA were crazy impressive for Colwyn. Two nineteen ERA, 082 WHIP, ninety seven to twenty six K to walk in seventy eight innings. And yeah, the, my larger point about you know them spending all that money is that they're just not. There's no gonna. There's not gonna be any like waiting around on on prospects yeah, yeah. or playing no. games with them. Totally. By the they way, bummer. Bummer about Josh Young. We talked about him last week, then immediately got some bad news about him. Real yes. Uh, Surgery out six months, so probably the entire year, uh, I'm assuming here. Maybe, yeah, the, I mean, maybe the final month. Couldn't, uh, couldn't have come at a worse time for him because uh, yeah. this could have been a breakout year for him. But, um, yeah, I mean. A lot of kinder he, falefa again for that team. He's, you know, it'll be – I think Young probably does – uh, fall in the prospect rankings and the dynasty rankings. Um, I know people have been asking about that. Uh, I wouldn't say he's going to fall uh, a ways, but um, you know, part of his, part of the appeal was with him was the proximity. Absolutely. Now these Marlins arms here, it sounds like you're completely hands off with these guys. Edward Cabrera, Sixto Sanchez, Sanchez, the injury, and it doesn't sound like, just the the price on on Cabrera isn't really close for you. No, um, I mean I, I kind of had these guys ranked within the tier um, based on how much I want them, and yeah, you can see that there are guys going after the Marlins very consistently that I like more for this year. So um, very pessimistic about Sixto Sanchez, short term and long term, uh, due to the injury and the the makeup. Um, and Cabrera, I think has a bright future, but he's also an injury risk. And I don't think he's got a clear path to that rotation to start the year. Uh, I think he's still got some stuff to work on. So I think Cabrera, if he stays healthy this year is a guy that I'll have a decent amount of exposure to next year. The Sixto Sanchez ADP over the last month of 373 just seems baffling, preposterous, whatever you want to say to me, because I mean, most of these guys we've talked about so far, like outside the top 450, people are reaching on Sixto still, even with the injury and then 
not following his rehab plan from the team. It's yeah, I mean it's Frank it's report. the name value, right? Yeah. I mean he's he's the guy that everyone has heard of and the guy that everyone's seen in the majors. So um, once you get to a certain point in the draft room, you just don't recognize the name. So you go after the one yeah. you do recognize. For Atlanta, the world champs, Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson on this list of players to watch in spring training. Um kind of interesting that that Freddie report yesterday. But uh, obviously this team will have high hopes again this year. Do you think either of these guys play a significant role for the team in 2022? It's it's just a tough situation for me to, to read. Um, I mean, they, they could. Uh, there could be a rotation spot up for grabs in camp. Um, there, I mean, there might even be like two rotation spots up for grab in camp. You got uh, Morton coming back from injury, Enoa coming back from injury. Who knows if they're going to bring anyone else in after the lockout, but, uh, you know, Mike Soroka might be back at some point. Uh, I don't think they're quite willing to be done with Kyle Wright as a starter, but um, yeah, I just, there's just kind of a lot of middling to mediocre arms that are going to be fighting for the fifth spot in that rotation. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out, but like I said in the article, like spring training might tell us something there. Yeah, Morton is a guy I'll be watching pretty carefully. By the way, are you on Morton? I get it. for some reason I have in my head that you're you're a pretty big fan of Charlie Morton's draft price. I am. Yeah. Um, he had a great year, and obviously got hurt. Lot comebacker off the leg in in the World Series. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you know, made a good point to me about Morton, just like how good he was even after suffering that injury. Um, yeah, he struck like, out. out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know that there was that sort of weird quote from him uh, earlier this month where he said he's mostly caught up. Yeah. Um, and everyone's kind of freaking out about that. Uh, I would be much more concerned if that was a quote regarding like an arm injury. Uh, I just, I think, you know, he, he seems to be someone that should be ready by opening day. Um, you know, you, you always got to be careful, but but the fact that it's a lower body injury, I I just think he's got you know top twelve, top fifteen starter uh, potential on a per start basis. So uh, I'm I'm okay with the cost right now. Yeah, that that high spin approach of his has been money. I'm with you now, Sammy Long. <clears throat> He wasn't like a Fabapalooza type. There wasn't some big like chase to go acquire him, but he was a name that popped up last year that people went out and acquired. Um, was a little bit of a flash in the pan in his time last year, but um, because I, the numbers did deteriorate pretty quickly, but you still think there's, um, I mean, you're not sky high on Sammy Long, but you think he can be viable at times this year? Well, it's, it's kind of about the team and the depth chart. Uh, I mean, he's basically their sixth starter, and that requires Tyler Beattie to be fully recovered and everything and earn a rotation spot ahead of him. Uh, now they could add someone, and then Sammy Long's all of a sudden your seventh or eighth starter, and he's less appealing. But uh, there's very few organizations where I'd rather roll the dice on a pitcher with than the Giants uh, based on their recent track record. So. Uh, yeah, this, I even just drafted Alex Cobb. Oh man, which I never saw, saw myself doing. I'm a I'm a big Cobb guy this offseason. Are you? Nice. I didn't realize. Yeah. I mean that. 
obviously it's easy to draw the parallels with uh, Gaussman, but throws a splitter too. Cobb. Yeah, I mean, Cobb, the main knock on him to me is just uh, probably can't count on him for more than like 140, 150 just based on recent mm-hmm. uh, recent years. But I'm just not worried at all about him when he does pitch. I think the quality of innings you're going to get is going to be really strong. Yeah, I hear you there. Well, uh, next up, <clears throat> Cardinals, Matthew Liberatore. That defense is strong. He had some name value at some point. Um, who was he traded for? Was he in the a Rosarena deal? Yep. That's right. So uh, that's not looking so good in retrospect, but do you think Libertor can be a quality starter for them over the next few years? Yeah, I, I got a little bit too down on him, I think, in recent years because of the fastball, but uh, he's another guy that Jeff pointed out in his article that the slider has become a, a big-time pitch. And uh, as you kind of mentioned, uh, that Cardinals team situation is about as good as it gets. Absolutely. Real quick, uh, we had a question in the chat about Seiya Suzuki. I I just wanted to uh, – I know this is not really, you know, evaluating overseas prospects not really your thing, but do you have any thoughts – any take at all on Seiya Suzuki? This draft uh, I have no idea how good he's going to be. And, yeah, um, it's so hard to evaluate. Led to me just being pretty hands off. Um, yeah, if you don't have any lean one way or another, it's probably best to just you know go another route that you do feel a little better about. Uh, thank you, by the way, James, for your thoughts there. Uh, real quick, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm legit. Uh, I was not being facetious there. Hope you'll bear with us. I will bring you a quick word from our sponsors, then we'll wrap things up with more. Pitching Prospect Tears 2.0. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, uh, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. And then also experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Visit rotowire.com/thrive. Deposit a minimum of ten dollars and receive a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred bucks. Then finally, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, James, as we wrap things up in this uh, priority follows during spring training tier. A couple more players. Josh Winder, not familiar at all with him. Sounds like uh, you're not really on him, but at least uh, a name that we should be monitoring, Josh Winder. 
Yeah, I, I really like Winder when he's healthy. The problem is he ended last year not healthy with a shoulder issue. So he's he's one of my top priorities this spring to just kind of see, is he back to full health? Uh, if he looks good in spring training, like I might bump Winder up like 50 spots in the, the top 400 prospect rankings. I'm just downgrading him right now due to health. And what about Tommy Romero uh, for the Rays? Any reason to uh, follow this 24-year-old? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the skills are there. There's a lot to like. It's just the situation isn't ideal. Uh, the Rays, you know, who knows how they're going to use him early in the year. Uh, but if he is really good in spring training, uh, his time could come sooner than later. He is on the 40-man. Um, I think his his price right now in in uh, draft and hold leagues is is pretty fair with with an ADP of six eighty one. With the way they you know send guys up, bring them, send them down, and uh, you know utilize all members of the forty man roster, I I would expect to see Tommy Romero this year, especially at his age, kind of old for a a prospect, but uh, he's been brought along pretty gradually. It looks like. Um, but yeah, good for him. Looks like we'll see him. He was added to the 40 man, as you said, uh, this past November for rule five protection. So we'll get into this next tier. This will be the last tier we touch on, but definitely check out the rest of James's article for yourself. Rotowire.com slash try for a free 10 day trial, 10 days on us, no credit card required. These are the guys who really shouldn't. Well, some of these guys are being drafted in those draft and holds, but these are more guys that you see as uh, being left. It's best to leave them for the fab pile uh, in traditional leagues. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've ended up with Cade Cavalli in a couple of leagues just cause like he's got a uh, big time upside and the price is right at, at five sixty. And I think the, the nationals clearly have a, an easy rotation to crack, but um, for the most part, these guys are going to be uh, big time buzz guys and fab, uh, some of them might not be even sort of household names yet. Uh, Brandon Williamson and Caleb Killian, uh, two guys who I think are still pretty under the radar. Uh, but I think by the time they're getting that promotion, they won't be under the radar anymore. And uh, they could all be guys that require 10% or more of your fab. Grayson Rodriguez is the first name in this uh, tier. Baltimore uh, pitcher, tough division to pitch in, obviously, but the changes at Camden, you know, I, I don't have any way to really quantify how that's going to affect things, but you do got to feel better for their pitching prospects in the years ahead, knowing that the dimensions are a little bit more pitcher friendly. Yeah. Um, it's just, I have no idea when he's going to be up. Uh, I think he, he could be very good once he's up, uh, but I'm not even confident that he's up before June and, you know, he could get hurt before he gets the call. So, um, kind of a, a boomer bust uh, draft and hold pick. We talked last week about how, you know, with the DH and the NL, like a, a team like the Phillies just didn't have the players to cover the spots. And I kind of feel like that with uh, the Nationals. And in that rotation, like Fetty, Paulo Espino, Joe Ross, you know, he's going to be hurt at some point. Strasburg's a huge question mark. Corbin was the worst qualified starter by a mile last year by ERA. And so, yeah, Cavalli... Cavalli, uh, I'd imagine he could make 15 or so starts this year. Yeah, I mean, he could make 
more than that even it's yeah he's he's a boomer bust guy like all these guys like i mean we don't have to talk about them all individually like they're all just very high upside very unclear when we see them um you know i i kind of had him ranked like factoring in upside factoring in how early i think we could see him uh that's kind of how i ranked him um like max meyer i think getting overdrafted at 492 uh, because it's a crowded rotation, and he's not—he's not better than Grayson or Kate Cavalli, and I don't think he's necessarily closer than Grayson or Kate Cavalli. Um, George Kirby, very high ceiling. I think he's going to be very good if he stays healthy, but again, um, pretty far uh, off in terms of the debut to me. Like we might not see him till June or July. Um, so it's just these are guys where we just hope they stay healthy. Uh, if they stay healthy, they will be heard from at some point, um, but it might not be for a couple months. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, Brandon Williamson. Um, he's a top, you know, 100 prospect for you, but it's just not a name that I've heard bandied about much. Um, but, yeah, the Seattle, they're going to be pretty good this year, I think. And um, if you can get him pitching in front of that team a few times, there could be spots to use him. And Caleb Killian. Anything to share there as far as uh, his rise? Yeah, I mean, he's looks really good. Uh, wrote, I wrote outlooks on on all these guys uh, in these first three tiers, the ones we talked about today, or first four tiers. Um, Caleb Killian is a guy who probably gets another bump with a, with a solid spring training. He's just pitched really well at all his recent stops. Uh, his stuff has ticked up. Um, but again, I just I don't know when we see him. Um, Maybe we see him in May uh, or June, and that'd be awesome. But he might spend like most of the year in the minors. It's just really tough to say. Two hundred, well, the two hundred thirty sixth pick in twenty nineteen, uh, Killian, and he was included in the Chris Bryant deal, uh, along with Canario, who had uh, you know I re- recognize that name, but it seems like Killian's the better prospect that they got in that deal for uh chris bryant well james anything else on your mind I, th- I think we can you know we touched on a lot we could probably wrap things up a little early today if unless you have anything yeah. you want to mention i mean i i i keep uh i think my like earbuds are like about to die um so <laughs> we we maybe should wrap things up i yeah dropped the dropped the ball there and didn't give them uh, the proper charge hey, that's all right uh, hey no need to like you know fluff it up with uh well we extra we should, content we've we've got we, a lot of a lot of good stuff today we should mention that uh, uh farm friday is returning yeah uh, not not this friday but next friday on sirius xm radio yeah join us if you can on fridays for farm friday and saturdays if you can that'll be fun talking with you we'll have a ton of great guests coming on and uh picking the brains of some of the smartest people in the industry yourself included uh, that'll be a lot of fun i'm also hosting on thursdays with jeff erickson so, uh, like it or not, you'll get some more of me on there. By the way, Caleb Killian, six perfect innings in the uh, AFL championship game. Yeah. So, no, uh, I mean, that that was his coming out party. For yeah. Sure. Um, his stuff is, stuff's trended up. Like, when he, when he was part of that Bryant deal, um, uh, like, the most recent uh, reports I'd seen was more that he was about command and control. Uh, but he really showed kind of throughout the season, uh, especially in the AFL, that he's actually got 
really good stuff to go with that command and control. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I uh, we've talked about how you know the pitching not great typically, at least the last few years at the AFL, but uh, Cavalli impressive and to be carving up those AFL lineups is pretty, pretty good sign. Cause uh, while the pitching prospects are usually kind of underwhelming, there's a lot of good hitting prospects in the fall league. So good on Cade Cavalli. Well, James, thank you so much. Really appreciate all the insight and definitely check out pitching prospect tiers 2.0 or to wire.com slash try for a 10 day trial. That'll do it for us. Get those earbuds uh, charged up, and we'll be back next week. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet.